I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 150 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, guys, we are halfway through another 100 episodes here. We are 50 past the century mark, and it feels like only yesterday I dropped episode 100 on you with Ed Milet. 200 will be here before you know it, and man, has this guest list been incredible or what? I am so grateful for all the dads who have agreed to come on the show here and share their thoughts about fatherhood and family life. Their advice has been priceless, and I have learned so much from all of them. This week will be no different. I have a very exciting list of dads who will be joining me here. I decided to hit you guys with another five banger. Next week, I may drop only three episodes on you. I'm not sure yet, but I will cross that bridge when I pay the toll. We're going to get things started this week with a first-class father that will be very familiar to you guys who are fans of the show Live PD. Deputy Jeffrey McElwain of the Pinell County Sheriff's Department will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. Tomorrow, a dad who has earned hundreds of millions of dollars performing as a hypnotist. He has been performing live in Las Vegas for decades. Marshall Silver will be here with me. Wednesday, a former NFL punter who is built like a linebacker who won a Super Bowl championship with the New York Giants, Steve Weather. Weatherford will be stopping by. Thursday, a first-class father and a Broadway star who is currently performing in Disney's Frozen on Broadway, Robert Crichton, will be joining me. And I am going to hit you guys with another Frogman Friday to end the week. You guys seem to really be enjoying the Navy SEAL interviews. This time, it's going to be former Navy SEAL and best-selling author Chad Williams will be stopping by. He's going to be our Frogman Father of the Week. So lock it into first-class fatherhood, guys. And if you are new to the show here, I would love to invite you to just take a scroll through the playlist and see how many incredible men have joined me here. A few women as well. There's a little something in there for everybody. Today, I'm going to have the honor of speaking with one of Arizona's finest. Uh, So let's jump right into the action here. If you have a chance, please drop me a rating or a review over on iTunes and share this podcast with any father in your network or in your neighborhood. Sharing is caring. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with live PD star Jeffrey McElwain. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, joining me now is a First Class Father. He represented the Pinell County Sheriff's Office on the very popular A&E program, Live PD. Through his social media presence, he is humanizing the faces behind the badge. It is truly an honor for me to say, Deputy Jeffrey McElwain, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. It's good to be here. All right, let's start here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Oh, man, I got my 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 wild four-year-old. He's my first pride and joy, and then my very spunky, um, outgoing one-year-old, um, two boys. Okay, very cool. Are you going for that girl now, or is uh, two the charm for you? Um, right now, I think two's the charm. We're comfortable. You know, we can uh, we can tag team. One gets one kid, and uh, we're not um, playing zone defense with our kids. 
All right, yeah, I'll be honest with you, going from two to three was uh, very challenging for sure for us, but once you go from two to three, three to four is a piece of cake. <laughs> after three, everything's the same. Oh, yeah, it just becomes a frat house after that. <laughs> All right, Jeffrey, please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Um, I, I, I am a dad, first and foremost. Um, um, I'm, I'm a dad to two great boys. Um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, Janelle. Uh, we met in high school in San Diego. Um, I'm currently with the Pinal County Sheriff's Office for the past three years, and I had the honor of being on live PD uh, for season two, I think it was, um, and just enjoying life. And through my social media, I really like to kind of show the world that uh, humanizing the badge for the general public, showing that, hey, cops are regular, everyday people. They have all the same uh, problems that everyone else has, and kind of spread that message. Awesome. I love what you're doing, especially on the social media side of this stuff. Uh, when did fatherhood come into the picture for you, Jeffrey? Uh, were you a dad before you entered the force, or did you become a cop first? And how did becoming a father change your perspective on life? Well, I I was a dad before I became a cop. I've always wanted to be a cop. I, I just didn't have a plan of being like, I really, if I wasn't a cop right now, I wouldn't know what I would be doing. Um, but uh, it really... After we got, I got married to my wife, uh, we had been together for so long. We kind of had kids really quickly. We got married in August, and I believe my wife got pregnant that next February. So we kind of started having kids pretty quick into our marriage, kind of since we had been together for so long. Um, but it really makes me cherish um, my job having kids. Um, I really value uh, the small, the time that we have for this, you know, getting home from work and just sitting down on the floor playing car with hot wheels or doing puzzles um it just really makes me value my time a lot more very cool all right jeffrey there is definitely a fatherhood problem facing our country right now uh the statistics are showing that a very high number of the teenage crimes teenage pregnancies adolescent drug use they're all coming from children who are growing up without a father or a father figure present in the home with all the experience that you have do these stats hold any water does it match what you're seeing out on the streets it it does i believe you know, mothers are a very important part of a child's upbringing, um, but I believe that's just a different aspect, a little bit more rigid and rough aspect to helping raise kids, and it's what they need, um, you know, that father figure. And on the streets, you see it. You know, you see a lot of single-parent homes uh, with moms who are working full-time. Um, they can't uh, keep the guardianship over their children full-time like, uh, you know, two parents can, can do, um, and it causes struggles because, Kids are having identity crisis issues, they're having self-confidence issues, uh, self-esteem issues. And kind of for me, when I was growing up, my dad gave that to me. He gave me that pride of, you know, your last thing is McElwain. That means something. You know, you have, you have to have a, a lot of respect for your, for your name and who you are. And he built that self-esteem, that pride, that courage, and just that, that and you, you know, like, be proud of who you are, you know. And if you make mistakes, it's okay, but get up and... Uh, get back to it, um, and that's just what I what I what I implement into my and my my sons, and I just feel like that's just what incorporates in being a father. 
Yeah, very well said. And unfortunately, cops have come under fire, literally and in the media. And it seems like the narrative has been that police are the enemy and they have been targeted by isolating certain incidences and using them to paint this broad, incorrect picture of law enforcement. Has all this media, has it changed things out there on the beat? And what do you think can be done to kind of change this narrative around, almost like what you said you're doing here with the social media, showing the human side of police officers? What could be done to set this record straight? Well, and I think social media has had is is great. It's our biggest it's our biggest uh, uh, catalyst to put out positive messages, but it also is our biggest downfall um, as a society because you're getting you're getting all these folks who are taking their cameras, they're videotaping these incidences, whether it's from the beginning, the middle, or the end. Um, and a lot of times it's from the middle or the end, um, and there's no true articulation into why and how something's going on. Um, and you have everyday citizens. Uh, um, bless their hearts, who are making judgments on these things and don't truly understand what goes into, let's say, use of force uh, on a subject, you know. Um, have we had, has law enforcement taken some bad hits on our own behalf? Yeah, look at the incident a couple of years ago in South Carolina or some of the things that have gone on in Baltimore on um, a couple of those incidences. Those were truly stuff, there's some bad apples in every career that you have, whether you're a doctor or a teacher, um, a priest, whatever you are, whatever your profession is, there's some bad bad apples in every bunch. Um, but for the most part, uh, cops we're, we're everyday people, just like you know, like my neighbors. I don't just because I put a badge on and a and a and a bulletproof vest doesn't change who I am or how how my everyday life goes. Um, and to change that, I've actually and you'll be the first one I get to announce this to is I have uh, just started a nonprofit charity organization. Uh, called Guardians Vision, um, and it's a law enforcement-based nonprofit organization that we're going to go out into our community um, and impact in a positive, providing vision assistance, uh, economic assistance, and uh, academic enhancement um, funding for uh, for kids. Um, and it's to make law enforcement be ingrained and grassroots into the community and show that we, we are somebody in a uniform, we're somebody outside of a uniform, we want to just make that positive impact. Yeah, that's great news, Jeffrey. Wonderful to hear. And, and listen, I've had several cops on the show here. I highly respect the men and women who wear the uniform and help keep us safe. None of us out here would stand a chance if it wasn't for you guys. And, and I love that we have the technology because it allows you guys to have a voice that you can control and give us citizens out here a chance to see the world through your eyes. So I think that's very important. Time for an important word from our sponsors, then back with more with Deputy McElwain. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Seat Geek. Taking your kids to the ball game is one of the greatest experiences in all of fatherhood. And now, First Class Fatherhood has partnered with Seat Geek, and you could save $20 off your next ticket purchase by using the promo code First Class. That's one word, First Class. Maybe you want to go to a Broadway show, a concert. SeatGeek has the best prices for a wide variety of events. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. Get over to www.seatgeek.com and use the promo code First Class to get $20 off your next ticket purchase. SeatGeek.com. Uh, another question that I wanted to ask you about, uh, unfortunately, uh, school shootings have been on the rise. How do you kind of feel about placing armed guards or police officers in our children's schools? Um, I think it's positive. Ever since I was in school, I grew up in San Diego. Um, I I firmly believe having cops in schools. I think it's, it's just another positive uh, interaction that kids can have with, with cops on a daily basis. Um, 
unfortunately, we have a society of, of children that are very, very advanced, um, and they are being engaged in to uh, this this a culture of stuff that you know when. I was younger, you were younger, that we would never dream of. You know, we were worried about going out and kicking soccer balls and shooting hoops outside, uh, whether it was 110 degrees or it was freezing outside. We were outside playing. Um, now you have the advancement of YouTube and the Internet where, you know, um, kids are so much more acceptable to seeing things and they're being having this pressure put on where they really don't understand what's going on, which affects their ability to make decisions. So having those cops in the school... I believe it's a positive reinforcement of, hey, we're here to help you. Um, you can come and approach us um, with confidentiality, and we can assist you and try to prevent some of these things that are going on. Yeah, good stuff. All right, I'd love to ask you and get your take on marijuana. It's been legalized in so many places across the country. I know Arizona has the medical marijuana. How do you feel about marijuana being legalized recreationally across the country? Um <laughs> Oh man, that sways in multiple different ways. Um, I'm 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 big into DUI enforcement. I'm what's called a, a DRE, which is a drug recognition drug recognition expert, which is uh, full, fully involved involved in uh, impaired driving enforcement. And um, it has its pros and cons. Um, you know, are are there individuals that truly could benefit from uh, medical marijuana? Yes, uh, but it's just like alcohol. We're seeing individuals that are still driving under the influence with marijuana in their system, um, and they're, get, they're getting DUIs. And, you know, it's, it's like alcohol. Just because it's legal doesn't mean that you can consume such an amount that impairs your ability to drive. And that's just my standpoint on it. Yeah, and I drive Uber and Lyft on the weekends, and it is very encouraging to see this generation of college kids being responsible by using the technology to not drink and drive. Since ride-sharing has become so popular, have you noticed a decrease in the amount of uh, DWIs you've given out? I, I, I have seen that drug DUIs are, are more prominent than alcohol. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we'll go out and do DUI task force, and you'll pull over 20 cars, and about 10 of them will be uh, Lyfter or Uber. And to me, that's good. You know, if I can go out on a DUI task force night and stop 20, 30 cars, and all of them are sober or have a designated driver, our, jobs, our job is done. We did the right – we've done what we our goal was to do, and that was to – push people to make the right decisions um, and prevent, you know, lives from being lost from impaired driving, whether it's drugs or alcohol. Very cool. All right. How about discipline, Jeffrey? As a police officer, I know you're very disciplined. How do you kind of handle uh, being the disciplinarian when it comes to being a father to your two boys? Uh, I am, so this, I believe, and I've even incorporated this into my business style is um, having a toddler has taught me a lot. You know, you have to be stern. Um, but you have to be loving at the same time. It's almost like a, going on a roller coaster at Disney World or Six Flags, you know. It's, you're being loving, loving, loving. It's fun, fun, fun. And then you get to an incline where you, it, you know, it's, it's scaring you up to discipline, but then you go right back down and you're having fun. It's just a roller coaster ride of discipline and being loving and letting my son know, hey, uh, especially my toddler, hey, this isn't right. I love you, but this is right and this is your discipline, um, for this, whether it's, you know, taking a toy away or, uh, saying he has to go to his room, uh, whatever the case may be in the degree that we're disciplining. Um, but then bringing him back after that and sitting down and talking to him, uh, reading a book and just showing him that this is, this, I still love you. Um, but you're going to do what I got, what I tell you to do, <laughs> um, by all means. Um, and it's just that roller coaster of being loving and then disciplining, which I've incorporated into my policing style of where I, I, 
encountering a subject, and a lot of times I have to show them, be stern with them, but it'd be caring. Um, and it's just another roller coaster of be stern, be caring, and that's how you build positive relationships with people, even in negative circumstances. Awesome. Well said. Uh, how was your experience with Live PD? Are you recognized a lot much more now in the community than you were beforehand? And would you ever consider uh, doing the show again? Um, I, I love my experience on, uh, on Live PD. I, I have no regrets about it. Uh, it was the most, I think it was one of the most unique opportunities that law enforcement can be involved in. Um, on a personal level, just the, the support and the, <laughs> Uh, that I get from the community. I mean, I was on vacation in, in Hawaii um, when I was doing, during the showtime and I was getting recognized. And anywhere I've gone, um, any state, uh, even uh, this is aside from being in Arizona, people recognize. And I appreciate it. You know, it's one of the things where um, you feel like people really support and are engaged into the daily lives of law enforcement and care about what we're doing and how we're trying to help people. Um, and we're not these big, bad bad guys running around with black and white cars with lights on them and with guns and we're out to get people. We're not, you know. Um, there's there's too much crime going There's not the, there's too much crime, but there's crime going on that we don't just need to make up stuff just to try to get people. Um, but we're here, we're really guardians, and that's why um, we came up with the name for my foundation, Guardian Vision, because we're, we're guardians for the, you know, for the people. Um, we're here for you. Uh, we're not We're not bad guys. And um, YPD has really given me the opportunity to embrace that and kind of further that by starting the foundation. Um, but as far as going back on YPD, that's up to the sheriff, <laughs> the boss man. Um, he has he has his plate full with a lot of stuff that he's trying to trying to do uh, for the county um, and for law enforcement itself. So um, right now, I haven't heard it, if anything of us coming back. Cool. Do you have a link to the foundation that I can post, or or should I just direct my listeners right to your Instagram page to find out more? Uh, my Instagram for right now, um, we're, the website is going to be up here soon. We're working through all those, uh, those things and getting, we want everything to be streamlined once it's ready to go, that we can push it out and there's no problem. So within the next couple of weeks here, we'll definitely have everything up and, up and going and I'll definitely hit you up and let you know. Please do. And I will include a link to your Instagram account in the description of this podcast episode so my listeners can get over there and follow you. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Jeffrey, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? New dads, just embrace embrace who you are um, and find confidence in that. You're going to find a lot of people who want to tell you what you're doing wrong or what you should be doing or all these things. It's, I feel like once you have, once you're holding that newborn baby in your hands, um, natural instincts kick in. Um, and this is coming from a dad of boys. I don't have any girls, so I can't speak to that part. But it's just something very overwhelming and unique. Um, and I know you know, just holding a newborn in your hands um, is the most. It's, it's, just, it's just the most overwhelming, prideful moment in your life. Uh, and embrace that, and always remember that time. Uh, when your when your kid is being bad or being good or whatever the circumstances are, and embrace that and never lose it. Um, and for me, that's what's really carried me through is remember those, that first day as soon as my sons were born, um, is being able to hold them and feeling that feeling of just so much love and joy and pride in that. Awesome. I love the message. Great advice. Uh, you are a first-class father. This has been an honor for me. And I got to say, Deputy McElwain, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Right, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. I'm wrapping things up in just a second here. 
back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Deputy Jeffrey McElwain for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it in. So much more action coming your way here this week. Tomorrow, going to have well-known performance hypnotist Marshall Silver. Wednesday, Super Bowl champion punter Steve Weatherford. Thursday, we got Broadway first-class father Robert Crichton. And then Friday, we're going to finish it off strong with another Frogman Friday with Chad Williams. So lock it in. Please share this podcast with every father in your neighborhood. That's all I got for you guys today. Fatherhood rocks and family values rule. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.